I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Balls fall. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Count with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. We're hanging out over at Sayre National this morning. A chilly morning, making way for a chilly afternoon. I think, though, if you really wanted to be a trooper, I think you could get a little golf in this afternoon. I know you can't tomorrow. But if no. you wanted to, if you wanted to be a trooper, and you just had that itch going today. I mean, 48 degrees and not much wind. That's that's doable if you really if you wanted to get out. So uh, they'll be here. Come out and hang out. Sayre Golf Course, Sayre National. I'm uh, efforting the results from the Saturday scramble. Here it is. Cody Kilgore. Juan Avalos, or Avalos, Avalos, Craig Puckett, and a pair of Martins, Bobby and Trace, were the winners. I I believe there was a playoff this week. Four under. Cody Kilgore, that's his second win, I'm pretty sure. We've said his name a couple of times. And then Bobby and T.R. Martin, along with Craig Puckett. So, congratulations, Juan Avalos. Congratulations to those fellas. Whoops. I'm sure Trace carried the team to the win. Maybe the only only one maybe not being able to hear since he ought to be at school <laughs> this morning. Uh, but those Saturday scrambles, 1 o'clock, weather is permitting. They've been able to play all three uh, weeks so far in January. And I think there's a great chance, yeah, 57 so far on Saturday. So get on out here. 1 o'clock on Saturday, the Saturday scramble. And, of course, a lot of times, you know, like this week, you could hang out and watch NFL football as soon as you got done. There you go. Moving forward, there will be golf on. There can be college hoops when you get done. So a lot of fun, uh, which uh, those are not on my radar screen for the next month and a half because Saturdays are taken are taken up. How are you, Jared? I'm good. <clears throat> I'm, I'm real well. How was your weekend? Uh, spent a lot of time in Altus. I mean, I was telling one of my buddies on Friday, driving down there. I think a top five improvement in my lifetime has been the trip to Altus. Really? When I was a kid, you know that, that, that highway. It would big old wide swooping turns, and it was only right. two lane. And, and the 
you know, 55 was probably the speed limit. It seemed like it was about an hour and a half. You down. had the jog over through granite. <laughs> yeah. Nothing against granite, sure. but, you, yeah. you know, it just, you had to stop, turn, stop, <laughs> turn again. That slows you down. Yeah. And now on Friday from the quick and easy, because I, I go around the interchange, I saw the bus do that Thursday. I was right behind the bus headed down there Thursday. Uh-huh. I saw the bus turn at Randall and get on Lakeview. Oh, okay, okay. And go around the interchange. Okay. And so I was timing it out thinking, okay, I wonder if that's faster. I went the other way, and I didn't have to stop at either light. I was, and that's very fortunate. It seems like you always got to stop at at least one. Mm-hmm. And if it would have been a car instead of a bus with the time it would have taken to turn, they would have beat me. Okay. And I didn't, and then like I said, I went, I went right through. No stopping. So I decided to start doing that. So I turned, anyway, it was 48 minutes, and I wasn't even speeding, wasn't in a hurry at all. Yeah, they just made from, it so easy. That's it. Yeah. it from there to Whataburger, which I consider Altus. There you go. Yeah. Once you get to Whataburger, you're there. You're there. So that's, I mean, that, it had to have almost cut that trip, in, and not in half. It didn't take that long. But, man, top five improvement I can think of in my life yeah, has been the trip that's an Altus. easy drive now. It is it's a very easy, easy drive. Real easy drive. No doubt about it. No uh, problem there. So that's what I, I spent a lot of time. Uh, an Altus this weekend, and yesterday watched all the football I could possibly watch uh, after church. What about you? Uh, well, I went to Weatherford and did a lot of basketball, watched a couple, or did a couple basketball games over there, and I mean, Sunday was wide open. I think uh, our listeners, if you remember, I thought I was going to have to go somewhere Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and my wife said, you know what, I'll just take the girls shopping on Saturday while you're doing your thing, and she did that, so left Sunday wide open. So I uh, watched uh, the two games and um, had a nice family dinner. It was, it was a nice weekend. Nice weekend. Now, only thing on – not the only thing, but is it going to snow tomorrow? I think so. Is it going to – is it going to – it's been on my mind. Is it going to affect games tomorrow? And at this point – who cares? Because the rankings are done today. So it's well, not like for, you need to get for A and B. For A and B, that's true. That's true. That's true. So that's on my mind is this weather. What's going to happen? It just seems like there's the, each time I get an update or see an update, it's like, okay, they add a couple more inches to the possibility of snow that we could get in our area, depending where you're at. I mean, it's even some, I saw 12 inches. Yeah. Crazy. I'm going to believe that when I see it. I know, right? That's kind of how you have to approach snow in this area. I'll but believe it when I see it. That's the, I think, you know, a lot of times it feels like the further north you are, the the more in the mm-hmm. danger zone you are. It doesn't seem like that this time. Like the bullseye is more central. I-40, yeah. south and maybe a little south and east mm-hmm. as you go down through there. I would be, at this point with the forecasts, I would be shocked if Elk City plays tomorrow. The opponent is Tuttle. It's here. Or it's yeah. at Elk. But it, not not so much. It'd be the trip back for them, right? It's if, not so much getting there; it's getting right. back. Yeah. If what transpires according to the the forecast, really, if that really does happen, I think it'd be a hard time to believe that uh, that game that, that those two games would occur. I know Canute is at Fort Cobb. Um, That's another down down that way. Merritt's at Arapahoe. <clears throat> Indiahoma comes to Eric. I'm looking at at the Paragon mm-hmm. schools. Shattuck's at Leedy. They might. That one, they, they might get away with that, that one. That may have the best chance of being played. So those are the games on the Paragon Network scheduled for tomorrow. 
But um, it's the travel, it's the concerning part. And then all those small schools, like I said, I mean, they might go, you know what, not worth it. We got our rankings in. We're yeah. done. You know, let's just focus on Friday. Four o'clock today. Yeah, at four o'clock today, nothing matters. Sure. And we're talking yeah. about tomorrow. Right. So um, I'm interested to see what – you know me. I like to plan ahead. So I'm kind of maybe putting a plea out there. Can we make a decision in a hurry? I already I asked that question <laughs> on Saturday morning uh, and got a no not, – not, not yet. No answer. Yeah. Not a no comment, but just no answer. Yeah, the snow won't stay around because it's going to be right back into the 40s and 50s. But for the travel, at least that night, I think I, I can see a whole bunch of the, the, the games on that schedule being canceled or postponed or moved um, for sure uh, with, with what's coming. Uh, tell us about, man, Canute, Trojanettes, a fantastic yeah. performance over in the West Central. I got to watch a bunch of their games. It worked out where I was kind of – available to watch when you were playing when you when Canute was playing on the girls side I didn't get to see much boys because it was kind of the same times uh, but as far as the girls I watched a bunch of the semifinal I watched a bunch of that final there toward the end and the Trojanettes were were just awesome in a West Central win they're I don't say peaking but they're playing their best ball at the at the right time we hope that continues uh, as a Canute fan you hope that continues but they played good they played a tough as always, Arapahoe team. The score says sixty to forty-nine, but if if you watched about a minute thirty, that was just a three-point game, and Arapahoe was shooting, you know, to tie it. And uh, Canute just kept them at arm's length, and um, you know, Arapahoe had to start fouling, and, and they pulled away and got the win, and a big win for them because of what we said earlier about rankings. They come out today at four o'clock. They're at eleven. You want to get in that top eight. It's going to ask a lot to get, you know, to bump them from eleven to eight, but you never know because there's a lot of obviously voters there with coaches there, you know, who saw Canute, how they did in this tournament um, really, really well with their opening round game, blew out Burns flat, took down a Hydro Eakley team that's ranked with ease and then um, got the revenge game, if you will, against Arapaho Butler, who's beat them twice this year. They got him back this time. And, um, you know, is it enough to get them all the way to eight? That's a hard ask. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's hard to see that, but you never know because of stuff that's happened um, out elsewhere throughout the state. But back to the game itself, back to the players, man. Uh, Kylie Smith, MVP of the tournament, um, 23 points for her. Destiny Jackson, the freshman, I can't say enough about her. It seems like I'm, I'm always singing her praises every time we talk about their games of recently because she is on a tear. She had 21 um, on Saturday night, made the all-tournament team. Um, she averaged – without looking at it at around 20 points per game in this tournament. She was in, and it was her three, her three ball shot in the corner. She had three of them, four of them, excuse me, just in one of them was the dagger in the fourth quarter um, where Rappo went and tied it with a three. Canute comes back and she hits it from the corner and she's going to tell you she meant to do this, but <laughs> it hit high off the glass, kissed off the glass and went in and her reaction was like, I do this every time, you know, but it was, it was just her night and um, it was Canute's night and they played well and, and got the win. And um, I mean, it was fun, fun tournament. And it's nice to see them, you know, back when they had that three game skid and then they've bounced back since then, the adjustments were made and it's clear. And um, when their offense is working, they're hard to beat. And we're about to talk about a team <coughs> kind of in that same realm because their defense is so good. So when their offense is working, you get the production from your senior, 
from the upstart freshman from Jackson. Uh, they are very, very tough to beat. But shout-out to Arapahoe, too. I mean, Katie Elin had 23 points in that game. Uh, she came out of the gate roaring 10 points in the first quarter, but Canute shut her down in the second, and she was held scoreless. And I was going to halftime thinking – I mean, they're only uh, Canute was only up six at half, and I'm going to halftime thinking there's no way they're shutting Katie Edlin out in the second half. There's no way, and that was the case. She took it upon herself in the third quarter to not only get her team back in it, but at one point had the lead. Mm-hmm. And um, she had eight points in the third quarter, and uh, you know she made all tournament team. Obviously, she's um, dynamic. I mean, such a good player. So, um, you know, shout out to her and shout out to Coach Edlin and Harapo Butler. They're they're a good team, and that was a fun game. The two best teams played for the championship in that tournament. It was clear. And, um, you know, so we'll see what the rankings look like. Can, or, now, the question is, you know, we talked about Canute's ranking now. Rappo, they're eight. You know, they're, they were – there's so much more on the line in that game than just for a championship. There was positioning in those rankings. You know, does this loss drop a Rappo out of the top eight? You know, depending on how people look at it. I mean, there's a lot of questions there. So – Four o'clock, I mean, it's going to be that, – that website might crash at four <laughs> o'clock. People are going to be hitting refresh over and over again. Yeah, it feels like there's three, three teams for that one spot. Arapahoe, Red Oak, and Canute. Uh, Frontier with 14 and 6, the way that they've you know, lost two straight. They're, they're trending in the wrong way, I think, to be able to jump up. I, I think it's going to be super interesting because does that game matter than the other two? You know, if you, right. if you, if you look at it, the, the entirety of the season between those two, Arapaho still holds a two-to-one advantage, but does the, the later game in the season and, and more the way you're trending now toward the playoffs, does that one carry more weight? Or, or does the two-one advantage for Arapaho in the, in the season series matter? Or do they kind of cancel each other out? And, and Red Oak, who has the better record um, at, at only two losses, do they jump up over Arapaho? And then you see uh, the Lady Indians and Canute just right – behind outside, I think yeah just barely outside I think it's gonna be really interesting to see uh, where those uh, where, where those class a girls rankings kind of filter out um, with between those three maybe even those four schools with frontier being right there yeah there's not much argument one through seven you know if that's how you're gonna rank them I mean that nobody in the top seven did anything to to warrant being dropped right necessarily it's that eight spot that's yeah. down to in my opinion three teams I think that's right um Elsewhere in that boys' tournament, Calumet ended up knocking off Sentinel in overtime. Man, the Bulldogs are a team to watch, I think, in Class B. Uh, they've been kind of lingering down there around 15 or 13 this week. Once again, beat Arapaho Butler. That, that's just an, it's an amazing matchup thing there uh, that nobody else, nobody else has beaten Arapaho like Sentinel has over the last couple yeah. of years. And Coach Snowden and the Bulldogs clearly kind of have some sort of formula there to make those games close and, and end up winning. Actually, they beat them pretty good on Friday. What, 51-37 was the final there. And then losing the, boy- it over, the boys, yeah. I must have wrote down the wrong score. I think that's what the score was. I may be thinking of it. I've got a bunch of scores in my head um, from seeing. Oh, 50, I think 50 to 45. 50 to 45 yeah, somebody what, else was 51. Who was 51-37? It might have been. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I, just, I saw a whole, yeah. so many scores. Throughout the weekend, but anyhow. I was there to see that game, yeah. and and it, in no offense to Rappo, but that you know I talk about scores and they kind of askew. It never felt like Sentinel was going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. They they always had you know an answer for any kind of a Rappaho run. Mm-hmm. That's a good team, man. They're athletic as they can get, and and, and Coach Snowden is is a, obviously a really good coach, and um, 
I, uh, they're a team to watch. I mean, they're going to be that team that somebody's going to see that's going to be matched up in an area with them and go, oh, no, we didn't want to see them. Well, <laughs> you well know what listen, I mean? right now, uh, with, with the way that Leedy is trending, obviously with Puffin Barger in a boot right now, that could be a first-round regional matchup that uh, the Coach Carpenter the Bison look around and go, oh, yeah. didn't want that one. No. Or, or even a regional final, depending on how it all breaks out. Um, man, what about the Merritt Oilerettes taking down Hammond again this time? You talk about a team that has a team's number, it seems like, every time they play. I watched almost every second of that game because it was in the perfect time for me in between the Elk City games. And Coach Doherty had a great plan to try to uh, try to limit Henley West as much as you possibly could. Uh, that it, it was a great plan, and Hammond needed uh, – they got some – the guard play was good throughout the first, you know, two and a half to three quarters, getting to the rim. They had trouble knocking down shots from the outside. But they were able to get to the rim enough, cause some turnovers enough, get out in the open floor to keep that game uh, right there in a winnable in the winnable range. But then in the fourth quarter, man, Merritt was awesome. And I'm going to tell you, I told you off air, if the Oilerettes are going to be scoring 50 or so, yeah, they're going to be hard to beat because they play plenty good enough defense to win games if they score 50. And when you look out of the Christmas break here, it's Merritt's, Merritt's offense has really started to show up night in and night out. When 47 is the lead, well, they got the, da, 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 in the Merritt Classic those last two games. But after that, 47, 54, 60, 77, 66, 56, man, those are, those are point totals to where it's going to be really hard to beat Coach Doherty's or the Reds if they're going to put that many on the board. Yeah, and speaking of Hammond, they return it. They go to Hammond Friday. on Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hammond's itching to get them back in the gym because no <laughs> they're probably thinking, what is going on? We cannot beat this team. But it's clear. I mean, they're a good, good team. Hammond's not a bad team. That, was a, that, was, that again, was a fine example of the two best teams oh, playing yeah. for a championship. That was definitely the case. And that, so <laughs> Hammond's probably walking out of that gym thinking, what is, why can't we beat this team? It's frustrating, I know. Believe me, as a Canute fan, I'm, the second time Arapahoe beat Canute, I'm thinking, why can't we beat this team? There's another game lingering, not only that Hammond game, but then also the following Saturday. So a week from this coming Saturday, uh, Merritt will go to Hobart. They've got Arapahoe as well, Hammond, Hobart. Um, that, so five in a row on the road. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. it uh, and what do they play? Five games this week? Is this the five-game week? I believe it was. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of games stacked in there. But we'll, uh, that's – Merritt's playing great. Hey, you know, real quick, I just came to my head. That Hammond game on Friday night, they, they're having a, a 50-50 um, – what do you call that? Raffle for um, Ryan Miner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we got that in the studio. I, I, we brought it. Yeah. Um, I think it's 10 bucks a ticket. You can buy as many tickets as you want. And they're going to have that join uh, sometime during those games. And um, you can just contact a Hammond official and they'll uh, sell you a ticket or they'll just take donations. Of course, Ryan Miner, great alum from Hammond, um, dealing with um, cancer. And so they're raising some funds to help offset the uh, medical funds for Ryan Miner. All right, we better step aside. When we come yep. back, I'll tell you what happened down in Altus for Elk City, and then we'll get ready for Jim Traber. I'm sure he's got plenty to say about the NFL playoffs. Division around is over. The conference championship games are set. 
Coming back from Sarah National, it's the Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. I know, you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sport. Yeah! Coming on, yeah! All right, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We pr- I promise we've got the playoff talk coming up for the for the uh, NFL. It's coming. We're not avoiding what happened last night. And quite frankly, I'm sure we've both got plenty to say about what happened last night. But Jim will be on in the next segment, 930, and we're getting there. Uh, we'll, you'll be able to t- – I'm sure with the questions we ask him about the Cowboys, you'll probably be able to tell our <laughs> attitudes uh, about what happens. It's – it's not going to be warm and fuzzy questions. I'm sure it'll be a little bit darker. Um, I was in Altus this weekend. Uh, the Elkettes and the Big Elks down at the Cluster Harrington. I actually know who I know that who Cluster Harrington is now. He's always down there. He's a white-headed guy. Okay. Uh, so and they announced him at one point there. I think after maybe right before the girls' championship game, he was kind of hanging hanging out over in the corner, and they had him introduced him, and he said hi and whatever. So I actually I've always kind of wondered. <clears throat> I wonder who that guy is. Turns out it's Cluster Harrington. Anyhow, uh, the Elkettes lost their first game. They, they were in pool play with three, with two games, and then a third place game. They, they got they were beaten by the eventual champion UConn as they won the game, the final on a last second shot to beat the Dallas Thunder, a homeschool team from down there in Dallas that were the defending champs. Elkettes lost that one, beat Lot and Max JV on Friday, seventy to ten, and then came back against the Altus Lady Bulldogs, who had had some pretty good results. Uh, they only lost to that Thunder team by six. They beat Frederick by a point um, in a really hotly contested game that first afternoon when I was down there. The Elkettes just dominated. Um, they ended up winning 71-22 to over Altus. Just a, an incredible performance. I think they ended up making 16 threes as a team. Uh, Jada Kimball off the bench in the last two games. Knocked down six total, two in the, two in the Lot and Mac win, four against Altus. Haley Bowie had five against Altus. And just up and down the line at Riley Wyatt made, I think the first time she's ever shot a three in her, and she's a senior in her whole high school <laughs> career. And she was telling everybody one of one. I'm a, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a hundred percent from behind the three point arc in my career. Uh, so just don't worry about that. Uh, but Elkettes <clears throat> uh, were great, and you know building some momentum. Tuttle coming to town tomorrow, maybe depending on the weather. That gives you a, a Landry Allen, the OU signee. That's a tough ask. So with the rankings locking in on Friday with the records or what have you. Um, maybe, you maybe you pray for snow and, and, <laughs> and that game. You don't see a, a, another tick in the, L, uh, in the loss column. And then you go down to Blan- <clears throat> excuse me, Blanchard on Friday and have every chance to win that game. Blanchard 5-10, and 10, I think, right now. So the uh, Big Elks came to- – <coughs> man, excuse me. Big Elks came together, um, had a little bit of a struggle there last week. This week with a win against Cash, a comeback win from down nine at halftime against Cash on Tuesday. And then two really good wins. Uh, blew out a Frederick team that's athletic. Can, you, you can see how they can be a good team. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. I mean, you can see it. Yeah. They weren't that day. Elk City beat them 73-38. to 38. 
and then step up in class against a 6A UConn, knock them off, uh, come from behind win there, 58-47. And then on Saturday night, in an absolute zoo of an atmosphere down there at Altus, uh, the Bulldogs of Altus hadn't won that tournament in 29 years. They've hosted that tournament for 50, and they haven't won it in 29. So you can imagine wow. what it was like inside that arena. And Altus got off to a great start. They led by 15 at the end of the first quarter, 15-point lead at halftime. The Elks chip away and chip away and chip away, and they cut it down to three in the fourth quarter. Questionable calls, at least through the, the brown and white lenses, yeah. on some block charge things that didn't go their way. Uh, and, then a couple, and then, quite frankly, outside of that, unable to keep Makari Milton off the offensive glass. Uh, they, they held him in check throughout the first three quarters, and then he exploded for, I think, 12 in the fourth quarter. And at least three of those buckets were just grabbing offensive rebounds and putting it back in. The Elks just kind of stopped taking care of the defensive glass there in the fourth quarter, and that led to an Altus win. I think it was 73-67 to 67 was the final. Uh, so uh, the Elks end up with a runner-up. Second straight year, they've been a runner-up down there in the short grass invitational. But both teams creeping back. I think the Elkettes are actually above 508 8-7. The Elks ticked down below it with 7-8. and eight. Once again, wouldn't be the worst thing as far as record-wise, if it does snow tomorrow. Right. With Tuttle being so highly ranked uh, themselves. And then you get uh, Blanchard and everything locks in. And then after that, you start trying to prepare and get ready because it's going to be, let's see, we'll have, uh, it'll be a three-game week next week with Bethany coming to town at Chickasha and right here in Sayre on Saturday. And then two games the next week. And then, of course, District will be the following week. So still, you know, five or six games before they really start mattering in the, in the district tournament, but uh, some positive vibes, no doubt, coming out of this weekend down in Altus for both the brown and white teams as the Elkettes and the Big Elks really kind of rounding. You kind of see things kind of rounding into form Good. Uh, in, uh, on a positive track. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll speak with the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim ought to be back first time in a while. Get his thoughts on all the football over the weekend. <clears throat> Shannon Sharp. I wonder if he's got anything to say. Any thoughts on that? See that? Yeah. Shannon Sharp. On his yeah, somebody dug up behavior. some receipts on that guy about what he said about fan behavior. Yeah, interesting. We'll talk to Jim next. Skinny on Sports from Sayre National right here on the Sports Animal. I know. You're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. And welcome back here to Sayre National, hanging out inside the sports bar at the golf course. I think, honestly, this afternoon, if you are one of those troopers, the wind's not supposed to be blowing too much. It's going to be around 50. Got, uh, yeah, you can handle that. If you're bitten by the, the golf bug here this morning, I think you'll be able to handle it. Uh, come out, and probably not tomorrow uh, with that forecast, mm-hmm. but at least you can get in. And, of course, on Saturday, the Saturday scramble start at 1.00. Forecast looks good again for this uh, Saturday, 57 right now. Uh, so come on out and enjoy everything that uh, Sayre National has to offer. Join now by the voice you're going to hear at 2 o'clock right here, right here on these airwaves. It is the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, fellas. How are you guys doing? Oh, well, you know, just uh, 
28 years and counting uh, since I've been able to watch the Dallas Cowboys play in the NFC title game. Uh, yesterday's game stings a little bit more than a lot of them just because of the way that the, the, the changing of the guard at the quarterback position in the NFC appears to be happening. The Dallas Cowboys had the most experienced of those guys that are left. And the reason why Dallas isn't going to Philly is squarely on the back of number four, Dak Prescott. What were your thoughts uh, yesterday when you watched that game? Um, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, I you know the guy. We talked about it during the week that everybody's all fired up about last week. Tampa Bay, fellas, was one of the worst playoff games I've ever seen, and um, they played great. The Cowboys played great, so they played great against a bad team. Well, that means that you're going to look really, really good. This week they played against a uh, tremendous team. I mean, they got a great, great defense. They got weapons all over the place on offense, and they got a quarterback who's making plays. And they also have a uh, offensive line led by Trent Williams, that's pretty daggone good. So it's just it, they're just not near. They're not as good as the 49ers. You can blame Dak if you'd like. That's fine. I mean, he 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 made two two bad throws, and um, actually made a couple other bad throws. I thought he had Gallup on that post route. He threw it back over his head. I don't know what the word that was. But he just he didn't play well. And uh, now we'll wait until next August, and we'll hear everybody talk about how they're going to win it next year. And then the year, next year, and the next year. So, it, it unfortunately, I saw a meme today when I woke up. I looked on looked at my Instagram, and there was a meme on there that said, um, it said, think about this. Jalen Hurts <laughs> was born, grew up. Went through high school, went to Alabama, transferred to OU, got drafted, did all these things, and he goes, and uh, he is in the uh, NFC Championship game all that time. Dallas has not been. Yeah. And that, that's the truth. So they can be America's team and make a bunch of money, and Jerry can be all happy about all that. But the fact of the matter is is that they're, they're, they've just been a massive disappointment for 25 years. I mean, I'm sorry. That's the truth. No doubt. And, and to me, yesterday <clears throat> was up the list of disappointing performances. You know, you go back to just Dak's time in Dallas. That first year as a rookie, you know, Aaron Rodgers outduels him uh, in, in, in the divisional round. Mason Crosby makes a 50-whatever yarder to win the game, and you lose there. Uh, then against the Rams, they clearly were, were not as good a team as L.A. was that year, even with Jared Goff at the, at the quarterback and, and the Rams made it to the Super Bowl. Yesterday's game was one – you're right about the Niners. They're, they're fantastic all over the field, and Purdy has done what, what, what he's been asked to do and maybe a little bit more. But when you have a guy that is making $40 million a year, he has to when, – when your defense does hold down Debo Samuel, holds, held down McCaffrey throughout a majority of that game, you, don't even, you give up one touchdown. Dak Prescott at $40 million a year has to be the guy that wins that game. And instead, he was the guy that lost it. I mean, it, Purdy did nothing outstanding, but he didn't do anything stupid. And it's like Dak played like the unproven rookie – Whereas Purdy played like the guy that's been there and figured the game out and just just don't lose it for my team. That that yeah. can or will or should the Cowboys move away from Dak Prescott in this offseason? 
I mean, I don't think they will. I don't think they can. And I don't think they should. I mean, I agree with you. I said when he when he signed, we all agreed that it was too much money. But that's the way the game is nowadays. You know, I mean, it, it you they you pay your quarterback, and unfortunately, you know, when you pay your quarterback, you lose out some other positions. You know, I, I would say, man, Purdy. I thought Purdy made a bunch of plays. The problem is, is that he just doesn't make spectacular plays. I mean, how many third and fours and third and fives that he hit the right guy and put it right on the money? Especially in those last couple drives, the touchdown drive and then the field goal drive. I thought that Purdy was tremendous. And I thought that the 49ers had the better quarterback. And that's sad because one of them's making 800000 one of them's making $40 million. Yeah, That's the way it is. When you pay your quarterback $40 million or more, he better be great. Uh, he better be really great. And uh, unfortunately, Dak, um, the last, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine games of the season, he has not been great. But, they, you know, they I mean, they, they're still, at least they went to the playoffs, I guess. Um, but I, I will say that I just think the 49ers are better than Dallas. And if, if they're better, then you would hope that the quarterback could make up for it, and he just doesn't make up for it. He just doesn't make up for it. What was that? By the way, what was that last play of the game? No, that was, they just won their offensive linemen to pretend like they were wide receivers for a couple minutes? <laughs> that was going to be my last question about this and then let Jared ask you questions about it because I, I didn't think it would be possible for Mike McCarthy to outthink himself at the end of a playoff game against the 49ers worse than he did last year. And I'll be darned if he didn't get her done yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean... What yeah. do you even have any idea what the idea was? Because I guess the idea, what is the idea? The idea? Just, I think the idea was to throw it to the wide receiver and have the offensive lineman block. But isn't but that illegal? Offensive, uh, no, no, not after the wide receiver catches, catches it. Okay. But the problem was is that the what you can't throw it to the wide receiver and have the offensive lineman behind the guy. Yeah. I mean, you, it, like it's an interesting concept. If you just throw it to him right away and then let the offensive lineman run, if the wide receiver went further than the daggone lineman. I mean, what was that? Oh, my God. That was, that was ridiculous. Look, I said last week, if it came up to a close game, Dallas is not winning. They got a horrible coach and a bad kicker. And I say bad kicker because the guy's been great, but obviously he has a little bit of a mental problem. Now he did make a couple of, uh, of field goals, so that should be good for him. But, um, yeah, I don't know what in the world they were doing. Dude. I, 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 I've never seen that play in my life, and I would hope that I'll never see it again. <laughs> well, I, I would I think hope a, so, too. A lot of Dallas fans would <laughs> hope to never see that again. Final question for me about Dallas, and we'll talk about the other games. I think another glaring uh, uh, position of need or, or in question is the running back position. When Pollard went out, yeah. the running game was done. Uh, Zeke is not the answer. He's past his prime. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of questions there, not only at quarterback, but running back, coach, kicker. I mean, there's a lot more questions going into the offseason for Dallas uh, than there. I mean, it's crazy because they're in a divisional round. But what do they do at the running back position? What can they do? Well, that's a good question. I mean, Pollard, it sounds like he's done for a long time. I don't know if he's going to be good next year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, Pollard's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he's healthy, he's really good. And, um, yeah, Zeke, I mean, I mean, are they going to keep him? His contract's up, right? 
You're it's, not going to keep him, are they? Surely not. I mean, it is that experiment is done. Surely. Well, because. Jerry, Jerry, you know Jerry's very loyal, so he, he may give him a small contract to keep him. I just think it's hilarious that he's game, and then the first play, of the, the first running play is still him. Why? Why do they do that? Is that like a is that like a tribute to him or what? I mean, they're playing a daggone um, Super Bowl type team. Why are you wasting plays by handing it off to him? I mean, it should be Pollard. Pollard's by far their best running back. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, you lose Pollard, that hurts because he's a big time playmaker. He really is. And um, then you got your quarterback not making plays. So that's a bad combination. It really is. I've been thinking about that trade that you uh, talked about the other day between the Raiders and the the Ravens and, yeah. and the Bears. I, I would really like to see the Cowboys inserted into the Raiders spot. Or I'm sorry, the Ravens spot uh, uh, for that. And I'm wondering if they could make that work and, and trying out Justin Fields on a, on a short contract. Uh, because I, I understand the idea of you got to pay your quarterback because of the importance of that position. But the truth of the matter is, Jim, every single year, as soon as the regular season over is over, there's always that stat that pops up, and like three or four of the top five highest-paid quarterbacks don't make the playoffs. I know. And, and guys, unfortunately, the Ravens are the one that's, that have they've got it right. Everybody mm-hmm. else has it wrong. The Ravens have it right. And I, listen, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't like the Ravens. But they do. You cannot be paying your quarterback. Now, they offered him $230 million. But $250 million, they don't want to pay him. I think they're right. Mm-hmm. For a guy that, you know, for a guy that can't throw, is not a great thrower of the football, I'm sorry. I can't give him $250 million. Heck, I probably wouldn't even give him 230 I'd put the tag on him for a few years and then see what happens. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, the, the quarterback money is getting absurd. It really is. And that's why, for instance, you look at, like, my Steelers, you know, they got a young quarterback. They've got, in the next three years, the Steelers have got to win. Because three years from now, they're going to lose all the players that they'd like to keep. And it's the same, you know, Jacksonville's one of them. I think Jacksonville is right uh, on the on the verge here of uh, doing some some nice things. The Giants, you know, if Daniel Jones is for real, I think they've got a couple players away. But you got to do it when your quarterback's young. You have to. Or... You got to get uh, a guy who does a, does a friendly contract like uh, Mahomes did. You know, I know he's making a lot of money, but he could, he didn't get as much as he could. Um, you know, and Josh Allen's going to get ready to get a, a big contract. Burrow's getting ready to get a big contract. So yeah, the quarterback position, man, it's become a little bit ridiculous. It really has. I mean, I, look, I'm all for I'm a capitalist. I'm all for making as much money as you possibly can, but. When you take up, you know, some of them take up like like a, a quarter of the, um, you know, of the salary cap. That that's too much for one player. When you need, you know, when you need, you're supposed to get fifty three. Yeah, and I think that's the, the the secret to some of the winning and the sustained winning that you saw for all those years in Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and New England, was that those three Hall of Fame quarterbacks didn't take all they had, to, all that they could have. They left some money on the table to be able to supplement the rest of the rosters. Right. And I'm not here to tell anybody take, you know, take right. less money. But right. it would be, it, it's interesting when you do see a quarterback that says, you know, I think $30 million I can live on. I'll be fine. My whole family will be great. 
and then they'll save a little bit of money to help you try to win. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the perfect example. I mean, he gets his $60 million, and, and where is he? He's home. No, he's gone. Gone. Yeah, Aaron. It says, I'm looking on the TV on the scroll that says that Pollard has a left ankle sprain. He broke his tibia bone, right? Yeah, I thought he broke no. his leg. I thought it was a break. Yeah. yeah, no, he broke his leg. That's a mistake. I mean, he... He broke his tibia, which is, you know, the hardest bone in the, in, I mean, one of the hard, I think one of the two or three hardest bones in your, your uh, body. So he is going to be out a long, long time. It's a serious injury. Uh, another injury that could or could not affect what's going to happen this weekend was uh, Pat Mahomes. As you know, he high ankle sprain. They came back or they held on to beat Jacksonville. I think the Jags are probably feeling a lot like the Cowboys as far as having chances to win against a better team and just not quite una- uh, unable to do it. Uh, but how much do you think that affects uh, the Chiefs in that home game against a team that just seems like they have everything rolling right now in the Cincinnati Bengals and that, in, their, in their quarterback, Joe Burrow? I don't give Kansas City much of a chance. I mean, I just – if Mahomes was healthy, that would be great. But, but Cincinnati's rolling, and um, – I mean, they just got so many weapons and their defense is playing well. I just don't know how Kansas City can win the game. I really don't. And frankly, I don't. I don't think he should have continued in that game, Mahomes. But I mean, I give it up for people that play hurt, and he did do some decent things. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I I just think that if it's a high ankle sprain by next week. I think he's going to be hurting, and uh, and Cincinnati's on fire. So. I just don't. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how. To, I don't know how to do Cincinnati doesn't care about going on the road. We just saw that. So I. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know how they can play with Cincinnati. If Mahomes was healthy, I'd say yes, but I don't think it happened. Yeah, I think was it Romo that was talking about that during the the Bills game yesterday, the Bills and Bengals, how the adrenaline got him through, but then by oh, by oh. like t- yesterday or when he yeah. said today, like he wouldn't even be able to walk. Uh, with a with that high ankle sprain, it's hard to see. Were you surprised that the Bengals won in the manner that they did against the Bills? Yes, I was very surprised. Um, that was a great win. Man. The Bengals played great, and uh, you know Buffalo just didn't look very good. So uh, Buffalo is a weird team. You know, I've I've uh, I've ridden on them, and I've ridden on Allen, and uh, they're just maybe not as good as I thought they were. But Cincinnati, man, they came in there. You know, you know what I loved about that game, and I want to make sure that I talk about this on my show. They uh, they won the toss and took the ball. I love it. In that con- in those conditions, they said if we're going to go and get the ball, and we're going to have Burrow drive us down the field, and they score. And I'm telling you, when you go on somebody's home floor field and say, "Watch this," and you're up seven nothing, they 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 realize it. They recognize what just happened, and. Um, I love that. They got so much confidence. I wouldn't be surprised if Burrow told them, hey, let's take the ball. And, of course, your starting quarterback, you don't say no. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was really impressive. Very, very impressive victory. And, I mean, look, there's crazy things that happen, but I just don't know how. See, I think Kansas City would have won by two touchdowns at least if uh, he'd have been 100% healthy. And I give it up to Jacksonville. I mean, it's a nice story, but um, – I think him being hurt, I think, changed their whole game plan. I think they had to totally change what they were going to do. But anyway, I, I just don't think Kansas City can do it with him hurt like that. Who impressed you the most? I think I know my answer. Was it Cincinnati or how, how bad uh, Philly beat New York? 
That was impressive to me. Well, you know, I, I said on the radio a lot this week about how the teams that get buys, there's a lot of times there's blowouts, you know. But I thought it was going to be the other side. The other buy team was going to get the blowout, Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles look good, man. You know, sometimes you just get to the level that you're supposed to be at. You know, the Giants, Jacksonville. You know, winning one playoff game, I think, is really good for both of those teams. But they're not ready to play with the big boys. And obviously, Philadelphia continues to show that they're a big boy. So it was uh, just an incredibly impressive win by them, too. And I I'd say I cannot wait for them in San Francisco. I think that's going to be a great game. I really do, because I, I guarantee you – well, I don't want to guarantee anything, but – the Eagles are not going to score 38 points against the Giants. I mean, excuse me, against uh, San Francisco. No, and I think, man, Jalen, he, he looked really good. And, and all the – I don't know if the questions about his shoulder go away uh, with the way that he played. I mean, he, but he looked like September, October, uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts and all those weapons, man, they were – I mean, just – that thing, that thing was over – as soon as it was kicked off, yeah. it was like, oh, my gosh. I was I was on the air doing a basketball game, and I looked at my phone, and it said 7 nothing. and I looked again like at another timeout, yeah. and it was 21 nothing. I was like, oh, my gosh, this thing is over. Yeah, it was quick quick and painless for the Giants. But, uh, again, tremendous season for them. And now Eagles, 49ers, um, and I'm telling you something. There's no doubt that uh, the Eagles are the better quarterback, but don't count Purdy out, man. That dude, it doesn't look like anything really bothers him. I mean, I, I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, let's uh, shift our focus to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, speaking of surprises, how surprised are you that, that we're really having and can have a conversation about the playoffs this season with the Holmgren injury to start? I mean, I'm of the belief that might have actually helped this ha- to happen. Poku being hurt and some of those others are, are forcing – Dagnall to play the guys that we know that can and Muscala and Will, Kendrick Williams and those type of guys. But that being said, how surprised are you that through 47 games, the Thunder are one game under 500? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It really is. And, you know, they have been, Gideon has been talking about it. They really have gotten lucky. I mean, no Jokic last mm-hmm. night or quarter. They've been getting a lot of luck, too. But they, but you got to still go earn it. And they did, man. They went on the road and won again last night. And, uh, They've been good here lately, real good. Um, it's been it's been very impressive. Uh, they, I, 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 what I really would like to see is, is I'd like to see them um, get in the playoff, play-in game, and just maybe not make it so that they can still get into the lottery and maybe get lucky. But uh, either either way right now, I mean, I, you know, I'm done with all that tanking and everything like that. I mean, this team is playing hard. They want to win. They're getting after it, and they are winning. That's the thing about it. They're winning. It's the difference between wanting to win and winning, and they 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 are winning. So it's very very impressive. You're more plugged. I know Thunder. They're so tight lipped at things, but you're more plugged in than we are. It, is this on schedule? I mean, you know, the Holgram injury came up and thought, okay, well here we go. We're just going to tank again. But here they are winning. Is this what Presty wants? Does he want them? Is this on his schedule? Does he want them to win? Does he want to uh, contend for the playoffs? In your I opinion. Think that I think they're ahead of schedule. Um, I, I do not think that they thought that they were going to be a playoff team this year. They would obviously never say that, but I don't. I don't think that they thought that it was going to get to the level that they're at right now. And I mean, it's not over with. Obviously, it's not like they're guaranteed anything. 
but I think they're playing better than uh, than they thought they would. I really do. If there is a guy that's there right now that won't be when the Thunder it, – and it's hard to say because when, let's say this season ends up in a play-in or, or, or worse. If there's a guy that's playing right now and in playing heavy minutes that won't be there when the Thunder actually make it into the top six and are a playoff team without having to play in the play-in, which one of those guys do you think is one uh, that could be moved on from to try to, to try to fill in another hole on the roster? Well, I mean, the obvious one, even though he doesn't play a lot, is Baisley. I mean, I, I just don't think Baisley's going to be on the team. Um, I don't think the serve. I don't think Poco will be there. I mean, I, you know, it's just it's so hard to see which one he's got. There's so many of them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so many young players. I just don't know who the heck's going to be there and who's not. But I think there's still time to see if they're good enough to be part of, the, part of what they're looking for. You know, some of them are so inconsistent. I know that uh, Isaiah Joe should be part of it. He should be on the, he should be on their bench coming off the shoot threes. I'm not a big Trey Mann guy. Sometimes it looks really good, but they're so young. Man. You know, all these dudes are still young. They're the youngest team. In the yeah, I think they're ahead of schedule. I really do. I think they're definitely ahead of schedule. And I think that the only one that I don't think will be there is probably Baisley. And he doesn't really play that much. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think that Isaiah Joe might have been the difference between Winning a title and not back in the in the glory days of Durant and Westbrook, but man, he would have looked pretty good on that team. Uh, something oh, wow. they they searched and searched and searched to find, and turns out Isaiah Joe is it. It's it's, it's kind of hard to believe. That's crazy, like crazy too. Yeah, crazy. Uh, what else around the league? I mean, we didn't get to see Jokic last night, which was uh, disappointing. Uh, because of the, I mean, that guy's won two MVPs in a row and, and playing better than he has yeah. in those two seasons as far as the numbers go. Um, but a- around the league, uh, what has kind of caught your eye as we look forward to, you know, kind of the, the all-star break and the trade deadline, and then, of course, the playoffs will be around the corner after that? Uh, Durant uh, being hurt. They came back and beat the Golden State Warriors last night, but they had not played very well without him. Just shows you how good he is, man. I mean, that, kid, that dude is so good. And, um, you know, I, I I think Dallas is a team that is so weird to me that I don't, I don't know. They're like two games, two games over one or two games over one. I don't know where they're going. I mean, they got a superstar player, but I don't know where they're going. I, I don't know what they're trying to do down there. Um, obviously, the Bucks have played halfway decent without Giannis. He should be back. Celtics, I think, are the best team in the, in the East. I mean, it's just a lot of good basketball. We're getting ready to crank it up here soon. It's, it's getting ready to get serious. And then, you know, we didn't talk about OU and OSU yeah. basketball. That was uh, OSU with a gutsy win, man. Gutsy win. They got down so quick and then came back. And then OU just just coming up short, man. You know, they come. They really – I don't think OU is a great team, but they know how to play and and uh, that would have been a really, really good win, but they just couldn't figure out a way to get it. Yeah, with OSU, <laughs> I mean, we were listening. Wyatt and I headed down to Altus uh, on Saturday afternoon listening to that, and he almost was like, turn it off. <laughs> They're getting killed. And then uh, I happened to look up at the score a little bit later on my phone, and I said, hey, buddy, uh, the, Cowboy, the, the Cowboys won. And he was like, uh-uh. I mean, there's such a – to me, Jim, it feels like if, they, if, if, if either of the state schools reach their potential – Oklahoma State's ceiling is higher than Oklahoma's. 
with the athleticism that they possess and the way that they can they can just do things OU can't. But I don't have a whole bunch of faith that they're going to be able to reach that ceiling. No, they can look so bad, and then they can look so good. I heard Boynton after the game say that he's got really good shooters on the team, and I thought, what? Okay, well, if you've got really good – I do think Asbury's a really good shooter, but if you've got really good shooters on the team, I mean, when are they going to start making shots? Now, they've done it two games in a row in the second half, you know. They did it against OU, and then they did it against Iowa State, so maybe – Maybe they're going to start going in the right direction, but I don't know. You got to win on your home floor. They want two big games this week. This week, so they're at least. I mean, I think that they're probably on some people's minds right now as far as the as far as the tournament's concerned. But they're going to have to win more. You know, I think you go eight and ten in this league. You're probably in good. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough league, man. Last thing I've got, what were your thoughts on what happened out in L.A. with Shannon Sharp uh, getting into it with the entirety of the Grizzlies, Ja Morant's dad, and then being allowed to come back and sit in that seat? I I promise you, if it was me and you doing that, neither one of us would have been back to watch that second half. Uh, And even him uh, has said in the past uh, some things against what happened. Uh, It just seemed like a a circus that Shannon Sharp was a part of there uh, in L.A. the other night. Yeah, he's got to realize that he's 50 years old. I mean, this, you know, he's not hes not still playing in the NFL. And uh, you're right, 99.9% of people wouldn't, wouldn't have been back in their seat. Some of them would have been kicked out for good. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, is, uh, he is who he is. And, uh, I, you know, at least they made up. Rand's dad made up. Obviously, he said something on the radio about, uh, what's his name? Mad at yeah, um, I can't remember, but obviously he has said something on television about him because he he wasn't very happy with uh, Shannon Sharp. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff, man. I'm glad I'm not down there on the floor. I probably would be getting in fights too. More than <laughs> well, I I did notice that he he wanted to talk trash to a whole bunch of them. And then when Stephen Adams showed up, it, it was kind of like, oh, never mind. Let's look let's look a different way. <laughs> maybe maybe Big Steve isn't quite the guy that I need to be talking to right now. I agree. I would agree with you. That's a little bit over his head. Uh, what do you guys uh, got coming up on the on the podcast today? Still about happiness. We got we're doing this deal about to start off the year. Julie's got a great book that we've been talking about, and it's uh, this one today is really really good. The Julie and Jim Traver podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go. It's uh, really good, and uh, you can get it anywhere. You can get it sportsanimal dot com, or you can get it all over uh, you know anywhere Spotify any of the places where you can get podcasts. So really good stuff. And I, I heard uh, Chris on with you the other day when you were out here at Sayre. That was awesome. I went to high school with him. and he's Oh, really, did you? He, yeah, he's turned his life completely around uh, through the help of Rob uh, Rob's Ranch. I thought that was really neat uh, that, that was uh, really, he was on really there. Cool. Yeah. That was really great, yeah. I love what's happening out there. Good stuff. No doubt about it. Man, Jim, I appreciate your time here on a Monday. We'll be listening this afternoon. All right, fellas. See ya. That's the ultimate Jim Traver joining us here to talk NFL playoffs, a bunch of other stuff. You know, what's funny is it just occurred to me when we're having that conversation. It's funny is that Dallas took the next step as far as getting better. Like when you compare it to last year, you know, they, they lost in the wild card, card round. Well, they went and won a road game. 
albeit against a really bad Tampa Bay team, but a win's a win. They got to the divisional round and lost by a touchdown to a team that's probably going to give Philly all they want. And then you look, and then it's called a disappointing season. But then you look at New York. <laughs> New York, oh, what a great season for the Giants. What a way to go out. What a great season. Isn't that funny how, the, how it's looked at differently? Expectations. Yeah, expectations. Are, are a huge part of yep. it. For me, the reason why I think it's disappointing is because when you got there, you didn't have Rodgers. You, you did have Brady mm-hmm. and beat him. You know, you didn't have Stafford. You didn't have even Matt Ryan. You know, you, you, the, the quarterbacks, and I harped on it for the last two months of this, when you, could start it, you started to see kind of how the die was going to be cast and who was going to make the playoffs, there was only one guy you, that, that yeah. you ought to be able to trust. And he threw the game away yesterday. Yeah. I mean, no offense, Purdy didn't. He did he, what he's he, been doing he since he got a the job. Five yard passes over yeah. the middle, and and if you listen to Kittle, to bailed Ol- him out one of them. Olson, <laughs> Olson was talking about how that's he 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 wants to throw it in between the numbers, and Dallas didn't take it away from him on those on, on those key downs. Yeah. But even then, the touchdown drive it took the ridiculous one handed catch by Kittle plus a. Uh, a holding penalty down the field on a third down sack that would have forced a field goal, and then a defensive holding penalty that earlier in the game they pointed out Zach Martin getting grabbed when Warner went in there. Oh, by the way, tripped the running back, but that didn't get called. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying it it took two drive-sustaining penalties to be able to put a touchdown on the board. And Dak still couldn't win that game. I, I, I totally agree. San Francisco's better than Dallas. But outside of one position, they really weren't yesterday. No. Dallas had every chance to win that game. And when you have the, the oldest quarterback left in the playoffs, albeit at only 29, making that money, that is a game Dallas has to win. And it has to happen because of their quarterback. And it didn't because of their quarterback. Dallas isn't going to Philadelphia because of Dak Prescott. Totally agree. It's, it's that simple in my mind. Now, Obviously, we're Cowboys fans, and maybe that's too simplistic, but Dallas and Dak, they kept on talking about it. This is a career-defining game, career-defining drive. And what did he do? His first pass should have been a pick six. Yeah. Then he threw the pass that Jim referenced to Gallup, who was wide open down the field. That could have you know, flipped the field immediately. And then he got sacked. Right. And then whatever that was, Dalton Schultz, I mean, it, it, was the Dalton Schultz play not just an epitome of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. So lackadaisical, not paying attention to the details of the game that you can't get a second foot down that then allows you to at least throw a Hail Mary? Because the next play was six seconds. You're just going to throw it the same play that took five seconds and, and even quicker to get to the 50 where Dak can throw it in the end zone. And at least you have a chance at a miracle. Instead, we got whatever the hell that was. And I can't believe the last play of last year has been trumped by the last play of this year in stupidity and ridiculousness. Against the San Francisco Against the 49. Niners. I mean, at least you had an idea of what they were trying last year, right? Yeah. It just yeah. wasn't executed it just, great. Right. It, you know, just a, a couple of seconds away from executing it right. But you, you could see the plan. I can't see the plan. with what that. And oh, by the way, we were talking about throwing it to a receiver. 
They threw it to the kick returner. It wasn't even a receiver. <laughs> they threw it to Turpin. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, it's going to be a long offseason, I think, down in Dallas. There are going to have to be some serious conversations about how this team moves forward and will it move forward with Dak, with McCarthy. How is that going to happen? Well, I mean, then you're, you're talking about, too, I know we're way over, but uh, Dan Quinn could be taking a job. Kellen Moore could be taking a job probably for the best if you're a Cowboys fan. And he moves on. There's going to be a lot of shakeups happening, I think. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens. It is. All right. That'll do it from Sarah National. Come out. There's always sporting events on here in the sports bar. Golf. This afternoon, it's going to be nice enough to play golf. This weekend, Sarah, the uh, Saturday scramble. Looking good for that as well. Around 60 degrees uh, for the high, at least right now, on Saturday. So come on out. It'll be the fourth week in a row that they get to have the Saturday scramble. We appreciate everybody over here at Sayre. We'll be back in studio tomorrow at Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Channel. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. I know. You're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.